today that that's a fool's errand. What God really wants is he wants our lives to be what I would call drenched with the reality of God. God wants us to live and move through the world always aware that God is God. From the classroom to the streets, there's a difference between knowing information and applying that knowledge in a way that makes your life better. Well, today, Pastor Daniel implores you not to let the things you know about God, how he says the world works best, to merely take up headspace. He shares that you can become a radiant reflection of Jesus when what you know travels from your head and impacts your heart. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 139 as he begins his message, God Knows Everything. excited when people around us are excited right when something good is happening for somebody you can always tell because there's just something about their countenance that you know that there's something exciting happening I remember many many years ago when um my bride Lynn and I when we first got married and we found out that we were pregnant well really Lynn was pregnant you know with our son Obadiah and I remember as 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 first-time parents I remember, you know, we were nervous. We had never been through the process, and so we were like, man. And Lynn was like, let's not tell anybody. You know, you got to wait a little bit, make sure everything takes and, and everyone's good. But I'll never forget because Lynn walked into church that Sunday, and at the time I didn't know that there was something called, like, the baby glow. But I know all the ladies know what the baby glow is, right? Because all of a sudden she walked in and a woman's just like, you're pregnant, aren't you? And Lynn looked at me like, did you say something? I'm like, I didn't say anything. But, but like, because Lynn was so happy, we were happy, people knew. Isn't it true the same thing? You can tell when one of your friends, when they fall in love, right? Because all of a sudden, like, they walk in and they're like, hey. And you're like, what's going on? Right? Because, and, and like, oh, you're in love. Oh, don't tell me about, you know, because what happens is, is, of course, something happens on the inside, and that what happens on the inside makes its way out of you into your countenance. And people who have eyes to see are aware of it, right? And there's this, there's this radiance that happens. This happened for me in, in my own way. This was many, many years ago. I was a young believer at the time. And I remember I was really just becoming aware of the love that God had for me. Like the reality of God. And, and I remember, uh, you know, at the time I was living in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area, just north of San Francisco in uh, Marin County. And I remember I was walking down the street of uh, downtown San Rafael, which was, you know, if you know the Bay Area at all, if you know the, uh, the North Bay, uh, it's a pretty populated area. And at the time I had a Walkman. How many of you had a Walkman? Yeah, a couple of you. Those who don't know what a Walkman is, it was like an iPod, but it was like 97 times larger. 
And you can, put a, you can only listen to one song at a time, a cassette tape, you know. And, uh, and they had these headphones, and before they were really good headphones, it's like there were these big things, and they had these foam things. They were, it was messed up, but it was awesome because that's how we listened to music back in the day. If when you, got, you kids go to a museum, check it out, you know. But I remember I was listening to this worship song while I was walking down the street, and, and, and like I remember because it was like, I'd like to say, like, I grew up, my family went to church from time to time, but we never talked about God. We never talked about what it meant to live a life after God. So we had an idea about God, but we never really understood. And I remember at this time, God is speaking to me, and God is doing a work in my life, and I'm listening to this worship, and I'm just kind of, and I, because I'm a musician, I'm also kind of grooving down the street. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, feeling it, and I'm just like, and I'm just having a great time because I'm like, I'm blown away that God could love someone like me. Like, it was just like, it was like so new, right? And so sure enough, as I'm walking, you know, there's this like little like bus stop right there. There's all these people at the bus stop and I'm just kind of jamming. But I, I was in the moment. I was like a four-year-old. You know, you know isn't that what's cool about four-year-old kids? Because four-year-old kids are not like thinking about everything. They're just like in the moment. So I was in the moment and sure enough, I didn't realize that the sidewalk was a little uneven. You can see how this is gonna go, right? So sure enough, I totally, right in front of this bus stop, I catch the sidewalk and I face plant. Now, let me ask you a question. When you trip and fall in front of a group of people, how do you feel? Bueller, Bueller. You feel embarrassed, right? You feel self-conscious. What was amazing in that moment is I was so enjoying the fact that God loved me that I literally just popped up. I looked at all the people like, did you see that? That was awesome. And I just kind of grooved away, like, you know? And I was just having, I was just in the moment. And what was so funny is as, as once I got down like a little bit farther away, I started being like, man, like, I think I smacked my hand on the ground. So I'd be like, makes sense, Fusco. It makes more sense about you now. But, but like, but literally, and then I started thinking to myself, I didn't get embarrassed. Like I didn't get self-conscious. And then I got self-conscious. You know, and I, I always think, I'm like, thank God they didn't have everyone have a cell phone camera. That, that was back in the day when I was still using a Walkman, so nobody had a camera. You know, I would have been on Epic Fails, the elite edition, that moment. But what was amazing is, is I was so wrapped up in the moment that I wasn't focused on myself. And in a lot of ways, that is a game changer, I think, for all of us. When we realize that there is a way to live life that is not focused on a person. And in a lot of ways, that's what this series that we're starting today called Radiant is all about. Because there's a scripture, you might want to write this down, it's Psalm 34, verse 5, where it says, they looked to him and they were radiant. And the idea is, is that the people of God when with the eyes of faith look to the Lord because God is light and in him is no darkness at all, his light begins to reflect in us and then ultimately reflects out of us. And God, because he is light, wants to make us enlightened. Not in the new agey sense, but like he shines his light upon us and that is a radiance. And I believe that the main differentiator in the future or maybe even in the present between the people of God and everyone else is going to be, is there the radiance of God in this person's life? And I really believe that one of the great 
struggles of the church today is when the church becomes more political than spiritual, you lose the radiance. When the church has an agenda other than Jesus, it loses its radiance. But when we look to the Lord and his light reflects off of us, it's an undeniable reality. And I think what the enemy of our souls wants to do is he wants to do everything within his power to distract us so that that radiance doesn't reflect into the world. And so we're going to study together one of my absolute favorite passages of Scripture, Psalm 139. So I want you to open up your Bible, Psalm 139. We're going to take verses 1 to 6 together. Now, if you didn't bring your Bible, if you brought your Bible with you, bring your Bible to church. It's a fun thing. It's your Bible. You want to roll with your Bible. You have your keys. You have your phone. You have your word of God. That's how we do it. This psalm is one of my absolute favorite psalms. I'm going to tell you a quick story. When I was like a baby, baby believer, like before I face planted at the bus stop, I remember hearing somebody say that if you want to understand the whole of the Bible in one chapter, just read Psalm 139. And I was like, oh, I had no clue what Psalm 139 was. So I grabbed my Bible and I went down. This was, I was living in Ashland, Oregon at the time. And I went down to that little creek uh, in Lithia Park there. And I remember I grabbed my Bible and I found my little rock that I used to sit on because I had my own rock. It, nobody knew it was mine, but it was mine, you know. And some people would be there. I'd stare at them until they got off the rock, you know, because it's my rock. I didn't really stare at him. I'm not that scary. But you know what I mean? It was like my spot. And I remember I opened up to Psalm 139. I began to read it. And Psalm 39 has been a continual passage that has been something that speaks to me in very personal ways. And even as we went through the pandemic, Psalm 139 was like my constant companion in the midst of it. And so I'm so excited that over this series, we're going to be breaking open this famous psalm. Now, what I want to tell you about this psalm is that this psalm is powerful because it explains what Bible scholars call the omnis of God. God being all-knowing, God being all-powerful, and God being everywhere, always, which is commonly known as omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence. Now, there's also a fourth omni called omnibenevolent, which means God is all good all the time. Can I get an Amen. Amen. That's not necessarily directly in the psalm, but it is alluded to. But here's what I want to tell you. See, I just rolled out four big words for you just like that. Mm, everyone catch them? Didn't think so. We'll go over them again. Don't worry. But here's the deal. The biggest mistake we can make in studying Psalm 139 is to let it be a bunch of head knowledge. Because the Apostle Paul, one of the most brilliant theologians who ever lived, said, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. And what happens is, is if we allow any passage of the Bible, especially Psalm 139, just to give us Bible details, and it becomes a head trip, what always happens is that someone who gets heady becomes unloving. And I'm, I'm not against education at all. I love reading. I recommend you read a lot. But the key is, is Psalm 139 is not a theological treatise about God. It is the expression of somebody who is aware of who God is and is allowing it to impact where they live their life. And so I always want to encourage you in all of your Bible reading, 
Don't just let it be Bible facts. And don't get stuck in your head. What does this mean? How does this work? Because we're going to learn today that that's a fool's errand. What God really wants is he wants our lives to be what I would call drenched with the reality of God. God wants us to live and move through the world always aware that God is God and who God is. And that alone, the awareness and the experience of the reality of God changes everything in people's lives. So I believe I'm supposed to tell you that if you're in that place where it's all heady for you, you got to say, Lord, will you let this stuff make the almost impossible 18-inch journey from my head to my heart so that it's not just Bible facts that I can argue with people online about, but it actually becomes who I am and how I live every single day. Because once, if it can make that 18-inch journey from the head to the heart, maybe some of yours is more like 14 inches, some of you maybe a little bit longer, maybe 20 inches, you know what I mean, though. Then it can make it out to your hands and your feet, to your mouth, so that we start to live our lives completely differently. And Psalm 139 is not just to be read theologically. It's like this is the experience God wants us to have. So let's jump on in. Now, we're going to take six verses, and it breaks down quite simply. Verse 1 gives us the principle. Verses 2 to 4 gives us an explanation of the principle. And then verses 5 and 6 gives us the application of the principle. So it's pretty cool that way. It's like a perfect little sermon text. Principle, explanation, and application. So look what it says. Psalm 139, verse 1. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. Quite simply, what this teaches us, the principle is that God knows everything about you. Quite simple. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. God knows everything about you. Now, That principle, the big word for that is omniscient. Omni means all and the word science, which means knowledge. So omniscience literally means that God knows everything. But what's amazing is not only does God know everything, God knows everything about you because it says, oh Lord. Now, notice in your Bible, the word Lord, all caps, right? Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. When your Bible translation puts all the letters in caps, it's God's personal name. Scholars call it the tetragrammaton, the yud, the he, the vav, and the he. It's really the God who revealed himself to Moses as the I am who I am. The creator in the book of Genesis. The God who is the deliverer of the children of Israel. And ultimately the God who reveals himself to humanity in the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ. Yahweh would be the way it would be said. Historically, people would say, is it Jehovah? Because the Jewish people didn't want to say God's personal name because it says that you should, you know, uh, never take the Lord's name in vain. So like, but the best way to do this is to never say it. Which is kind of a deep thought, isn't it? Like, I'll never say God's name in vain if I just never say it. So literally, if you read rabbinical writings, they actually call, when every time you have that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, it actually says Hashem or an H with an apostrophe, which literally is the name. I was reading a rabbinical commentary preparing for this, and it's like an H of the apostrophe. It says Hashem. I'm like, oh, they're smart. They don't call him Yahweh. They call him the name. Fascinating, right? But what this is saying is David, the psalmist, is aware of the creator and sustainer of the universe, knows everything about him. You have searched me, and 
you know me. Now, how many of you have searched but not known before? Right? Like, there's some areas of your life you're like, man, I just want to, I need to know the answer. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And you still have no clarity on it. So it's not enough just to search. But there's this, God has searched us and he has knowledge of who we are. Now, what's beautiful is, is that in the scriptures, the word know is actually the word that speaks of the highest knowledge and intimacy. You go all the way back to the book of Genesis when God placed Adam and Eve together and they were covenanted together in marriage. It says, and Adam knew his wife. So the idea speaks of the the deepest of personal intimacy. That's the word being used here. And the principle for each one of us is that God knows everything about each one of us. Now, this is, I think, very, very important because we all have this desire to be known, don't we? It's like, it's why you dress the way that you dress so you do your hair the way that you do your hair and why you talk to people and why you post things on social media. Because all of us have an inherent need and desire to be known. And here's what I want to tell you. That's a good thing. Your desire to be known means that you're human. But what I want to tell you is that you are already known by God, even if nobody else really knows you. Like, and that's very powerful because we have this tendency, we want to be known. No, I'm here to tell you, you're already known. And what we're also going to find as we go through this passage is that you think you know you, but you really don't. The only person who actually knows you is the Lord. And the only thing you could actually know about yourself is what God reveals to you about who you are. And the great struggle, especially in our culture today, is everybody's like, this is who I am. And the Lord is like, Actually, that's not who you are. You just think that. And that's true for every one of us. We all have lies that we believe about ourselves that isn't who we are because God doesn't say you're that. Maybe your parents told you that, but they were wrong. Maybe your ex told you that. That's why they're your ex in the past, later Gator, right? It's like the only true thing about you, the truest thing about you is who God says that you are. But the problem that we have is that we live in a day and age where people want to live their life as if God isn't real and God doesn't exist and they can just make up who they are. And I'm here to tell you, whether you're in the church or out of of the church, when you define yourself outside of who God says you are, that's actually not who you are. You're believing a lie. And this idea that God is omniscient, that God knows everything about me, that is either the most terrifying or the most freeing thing for a person's life. And I think the difference between it being terrifying and being freeing comes down to a simple word, and that's the idea of faith. It's like the kid in his kids' church class who was listening to the teacher and said, I just don't understand. Why does God know everything about me? Why is God always watching me? You know, because they didn't want to get busted stealing the kids' Cracker Jacks or whatever. And the brilliant kids' church teacher with such wisdom said, well, it's simple. Because God loves you so much, he can't take his eyes off you. But for a lot of us, the idea that God knows everything about us is absolutely horrifying. Because how many of us spend our entire lives hiding, covering, 
Listen to what the writer of the Hebrews said. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. A.W. Tozer said it's really easy to be holy when someone is looking over your shoulder. For each one of us, God's not just looking over our shoulder. God knows everything about us. All of us are completely naked in complete vulnerability before God. And whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, he still knows everything about you. When an atheist says, I don't believe in God, I'm like, well, God knows everything about you even if you don't believe in him. So the question becomes, what do we do with an omniscient God, a God who knows everything about you? Now, before we answer that question, he wants to bring us a little deeper. He's not just going to give us the principle. He's going to unpack it for us. So let's look at the explanation, verses 2 to 4 here, Psalm 139. So it begins, O Lord, you have searched me. You have known me. Now notice, you, verse 2, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all of my ways, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Now, what this teaches us is not only does God know everything about you, but God understands intimately your journey. God has intimate understanding of every aspect of your journey, the journey of life that you're on. Now, In order to explain how specific the knowledge of God is, David starts talking about things like sitting down, rising up, and lying down. Now, my bride Lynn, I love her. And she's the most intimate person in my life. Closest relationship, bar none, next to the Lord. And I know a lot about my bride. But do you think I know every time she sits down, stands up, or lies down? Not even close. Right? You think about the people who you know the most. Do you know every time they sit down? Every time they get up? That's how specific God's knowledge is. But, but that's not enough here because it's like, okay, they sit down, they rise up, they lie down. Wow, that, I mean, that, that, that's a lot of details. But then he starts saying even more profound things like you are acquainted with all of my ways. You understand my thoughts afar off and you comprehend my path. So David's saying, look, Lord, you actually, and that word comprehend in the Hebrew is the word winnow, which is how they would separate the wheat from the chaff. So it's really saying that, God, you completely understand every step that I'm taking and why I'm taking it. Jesus is real. Can you imagine knowing everything? Talk about a superpower. Well, today, Pastor Daniel shared that God actually does know everything. From the smallest details of your life to the big ideas of the universe, He knows it all. And He knows you. We all have within us a desire to be fully known by someone else. Pastor Daniel reminded you that this hope is a reality in Jesus. Even though other people may not know you, He does. And He loves you just as you are. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com Click on the Stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to explore the reality that God knows everything and the difference that makes in your life. You'll discuss how the Lord knows exactly where you are in your journey near or far. The amazing thing about God is that He loves you just the way you are while still wanting you to experience something more, something better. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Radiant. Until then, may God bless.